0: Welcome to episode 56 of From the Shed M podcast with myself, dot. as always. Theo, how you doing?
1: I think how a lot of Chelsea fans are feeling right now. The 10th of March 2022 was a bit of a dark day for all of us. It was meant to be a happy day given it was our 117th birthday, but it was probably what was a very tragic day for a lot of Chelsea fans. And like I was telling you right before this call, the, the news didn't feel real. But football aside, I'm happy. Um beautiful day in London yesterday, regardless of all the Chelsea news. So um not dark grey clouds. Trying try, try to stay positive, although it's quite grey and overcast today. But um Chelsea <laughs> aside, how are you doing?
0: Yeah, not bad. Not bad. You know, I think um yeah, it's hard to sort of I don't think people who aren't Chelsea fans don't understand sort of the magnitude of the problems or the issues so um yeah aside from football great of course as always but yeah like i'm great but not great as well at the same time but um let's get straight into because obviously elephant in the room all of that stuff uh, obviously if you've been under a rock the last couple of days um yeah so I think yesterday the announcement came out that the, the the government had sanctioned chelsea um from the sale or selling of the club um also included in those sanctions was the basically to, the club can't make any real profit so match day tickets um any merchandise the selling or buying of any players so basically another transfer ban um those were the kind of key um sort of sanctions but I'm sure there's many others that probably sit underneath that as well that we just we're not not that we're not bothered about we're just you know we're here for the big ones so um yeah it was it was a, it was a crazy I mean I always knew this day would potentially come but not really to this you know this magnitude this scale I always thought it was going to be you know Roman you've got to sell the club which is what I think he was trying to do last week but to see what's happening now and to try and the, you know, the government's basically got its its hands around the throat of the club, literally squeezing it to death. Um, it's a sad day, you know, you know I see people online, uh, you know, having banter and stuff like that, which I'll get into after. But just seeing people have banter about something which is serious. You know, we're talking about people who work at the club and I'm not talking players, I'm talking you know regular, you know Jane and Dave's who probably work in a club shop or you know as as match day, um, you know facilities catering etc. You know this is their job we're talking about. You know kit man, the groundsman. It, you know no one was joking last year when everyone was on furlough. So I don't. For me, it's the same. It's the same thing. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna be quiet for a minute before I uh, go on a massive rant. But um, what's your thoughts, Theo? You? What's your thoughts on what's happened over the last sort of 24 hours?
1: I'm still, I'm still processing it all. Uh, Like you said, we never, we kind of expected something to happen. It felt like it was at that boiling point, but never to the magnitude and scale that's actually, that the reports have indicated yesterday. And it's just things that feel a bit surreal, like the club shop all of a sudden closing at 11 a.m. Everybody got kicked out. Frankie's bar as well. you, You couldn't call up to make a booking. Things like that just don't feel real. And those are not people that will have any ties whatsoever to Putin or Russia. So why should they be penalised, sanctioned? I'm a membership holder at Stanford Bridge. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to go to a game again this season. Uh, beyond I think the Brentford one, which is the last home ticket I secured. I'm going to to Lille next week. I'm travelling to France. The squad's now only given twenty thousand pounds, I think, to travel. I don't know if that's enough for them to charter the plane, get all the kits, the the members of staff, all of that. It's just a lot of uncertainty um, around the club. A lot of. Um, Small details that are sad, very, very sad. Like you said, the people that will lose their jobs, that have bills to pay, that maybe not be, not be able to do that now. It's a bit of a symbolic one, but I was in the Chelsea Megastore. I went to the Chelsea Megastore on uh, on Wednesday. I was there on Wednesday. And I didn't really realize that this could be my last time here. Mm. Um, and yeah, I bought a couple of things with some friends. And now looking back at that day, I'm thinking, oh, shit, you know, cherish That's, the moment cherish the moment and I, was, I took a video of stanford bridge and probably i will still walk past stanford bridge it will still be there but that one day now feels a bit eerie in a way mm. it does feel a bit eerie um but i think yeah. like the, the main word i can kind of say to just describe the next couple of months is it's uncertain it's very very uncertain because there's still talks of we can still sell the club potentially i know they can still come in and buy the club and if that is the case you'd hope they, whoever he or she is will pump some money into the club uh, allow you know, the, the players that, that still have contracts to be renewed, like Rudiger, to get that sorted, to maybe bring in some players in the summer because we do need some, some players to be brought in. But um, I, I, like I said, just a lot of uncertainty, a lot of kind of sad, sad periods. And I think, like you kind of touched on, even if it's your biggest rival club, for me as a Chelsea fan, I'll talk about the Liverpools, the Arsenal's, the Tottenham's. I would not wish this on any of those clubs. Because what we're talking about here with Chelsea, it doesn't have any relation to football and the performances on the pitch, but it's related to politics and external events that have affected essentially the future of the club and potentially where we will be for the next many years to come. So I would not wish that on any club because I, I like laughing when Tottenham and Arsenal lose, but based on what I see on the pitch, not what I see outside the pitch. You know, We had the Super League last year, we had coronavirus the year before, and now we've got this. It's kind of all these tragic events outside of football that just seem to affect the sport that we love and that I've grown up to love and I will still forever love, which is also Chelsea. So, no, like I said, just the one word I will say is uncertain.
0: Yeah, you touched on some really good points because I think, you know, um, just in terms of the the sort of assets being frozen and and things like that. um, So, yeah, the club can still sell 100%. The, The problem being now is obviously... Legally, technically, as it is today, you know, Roman Abramovich doesn't own the club, doesn't own his fifteen-bedroom mansion. That I read about in, uh, I think it's Kensington or somewhere. Mm. So he, he doesn't own those things. Um, so the club can still sell. The problem being is, it's all now in the government's hands, and this is the same government that no one had any trust in, any backing in during, uh, you know, COVID. Those, you know, those times when the the rules were coming out and the, you know the rules weren't clear. This is the same government that everyone had a good moon about for twelve months is now you know expecting to 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 sell a billion pound company organization club you know this is who the hands that you know that they have the club in their hands now so you know i think whoever comes in you know the, again you know roman was looking for think three billion or close to three billion for the sale of the club you know the government could sell it for a billion and you know they're talking about giving it to um um, I think it's some sort of charities or something affiliated with Ukraine and their charities over there, do we honestly believe the government, the corrupt government, the, the government that is so corrupt is going to give a billion or even £50 pounds to to this to any charity, they don't that it, w- it won't happen, so I know just looking I'm sort of got Sky Sports on in the background, so I know that there's conversations happening right now um, to try and get some of those sanctions relaxed and get Match day because I think the, the revenue for match days is six hundred thousand. So, you know, you're talking let's slash that to three hundred to say two two hundred fifty thousand a game. The travel alone for an away day can creep up to fifty thousand pounds. That's including cost of getting there, hotels, food, all the staff, um, everything. Just things that even the average person probably wouldn't even think about in terms of getting a, you know a team to go and play abroad cost money and I don't think people you know people will, the the ripple effect this will have in the Premier League, you know, everyone, you know, wants to joke and, and I get it, you know, it's Chelsea's so everyone wants to have a good joke about it. But the ripple effect this will have on the Premier League, people aren't thinking. They're not thinking logically. They're just, you know, it's all memes. This is we live in a meme world and, and a gift world and, you know, everything's funny. But this this will have a massive ripple effect on on the Premier League, on other big clubs. You know, now nah, this has happened once There will be an invest, there will be at some point investigations into Manchester City, into Newcastle. These things will happen eventually. And, and, you know, United fans live, you know, um, I'm going to cut this out because I know what I'm going to say. And I know it's probably going to be very controversial, but we don't joke about, we don't joke. We don't joke about these things because they're not funny. And this is one of those, this is one of those things. We don't joke about Christian Elkson having a heart attack. They're not, they're not funny. Not everything about football is is is, is you no know, is to be joked about and you know i'm seeing nike three mobile company uh hyundai all these companies who you know have blood on their hands trying to throw stones and then hide their hands it's it, 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 it's the hypocrisy of everything that is happening in football right now has to change because if it doesn't this will not just be chelsea this will happen to you. This will happen to Manchester. It will happen to all the big clubs eventually, because all the big clubs rub hands with dirty people. So, uh, are we just going to be the scapegoat, or is it going to happen to every club?
1: Hmm. No, you made some really, really valid points, and I just to kind of conclude on that. All we have to see is we've got a World Cup being played in Qatar in <laughs> December. FIFA have organised that, and we we saw the the effect and the consequences on the stadiums they were building, on the people, and the constructor and the workers. But everybody's happy to turn the blind eye to that. Yeah. But we don't joke about that. We don't joke about the people who died building those stadiums, just like all the other events you spoke about. And I don't think this is a laughable matter either. It's not. When you look at people losing their jobs, probably won't have any money to feed their, their kids, their families. It's it's sad. It's bloody tragic. But obviously, some people, like you said, we live in a world where people just enjoy sharing content, creating these memes, these jokes. And those sponsors, for me, it's cowardly. They've, they've backed out. Three have not publicly backed out, but they've claimed to suspend their partnership.
0: You have That's cowardly.
1: <laughs> exactly. Like, you don't back out during this period and then everything, when everything's blue skies and sunshine come back, being like, okay, we're back now that you've, you've got a new owner, you're able to play games, you're able to have a full stadium. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Mm. And I mean, small things as well. Like I don't even know if on Sunday I'm going to be able to buy a match day program when I go to the Chelsea Newcastle game.
0: I don't think there'll be, I mean, it's classes merchandise. So I, I don't think there'll be, I don't think there'll be, um, uh, depends who you own the program. I'm assuming if it's Chelsea, then
1: it's all these, you know. it's all these little questions that are, like I yeah, said, it's yeah. uncertain, uncertain. Yeah. Um, I don't even know if you're able to buy a kit online, not just a mega store, but if it's online. If you can go in the Nike store and buy it, or if it's small things like that, um, that just seems almost too crazy to be real.
0: Yeah, I think um, no. I've just gone on to the, to the website, and it's it's. Uh, yeah, you can't buy on the mega store online either. Um, so this is this is what you know. Before I should have put a disclaimer at the start of this. So I'm not saying that I, I don't agree with the you know the oh, sale of the you. club or you know. I think I even said it on the last episode. You know, we know that Roman Abramovich has not been the most um, squeaky clean law-abiding person, we probably know this, it's not, it's, you know, Google is there, so anyone can do that, and find out information, but, it's now not about, it's not even about, UK, Ukraine, or Russia, it's not about anything that's happening there, if you look at the impact, this is going to have, not just on Chelsea, on, on English football, because Nike, if Nike pull out, that's a massive, because it's not just Chelsea that, so, the Premier League must have money, of Chelsea. So the money that Chelsea are getting, the Premier League is sat at that table and they're eating the same amount of money that Chelsea are getting. Now, if we're not getting 900 million off Nike or, you know, we're getting X amount of free and they're now taking that away and, and Hyundai the same, that has a knock on effect fit to the Premier League. The Premier League's now going to say, okay, well, we haven't got Chelsea giving us that money. So United, Liverpool and Tottenham, your, your season ticket price is going to have to go up because we need a bit... People have, they don't think... Mm. Everyone thinks in this sort of bubbly, jokey, you know, comedy world, but it's a serious thing, and um, it's a very, it's exactly the same thing as a Super League. That was a very serious matter. Everyone took that serious. you Should take this serious as well, because you know, United don't like their owners, so I'm, I'm confused why they're they're giggling. And the same with Tottenham. Same with Arsenal. Liverpool aren't actually that better off because they don't spend real money. They don't have money to really spend, or if they do, they don't spend it. And as I said before, the bit that I'm going to edit out, that I'm not going to say again, but we don't joke about it. It's a serious thing. So this is exactly the same thing. One of the things I did want to ask you before I get really angry, I'm going to calm down, um, was around the Champions League. Because obviously that's something that we haven't really spoken about. Now, obviously, if the club, because one of the things I did read is that the club has to sort out a new buyer by the end of May. Now, there's some sort of license in place that means that the sale has to go through by that point and if it doesn't then the, the you know the ramifications of that are probably greater than even i would i can even think of so um what what i mean worst case scenario let's look at it from that point of view first of all obviously worst cases you know the club can't get the, the sale done um you know administrators are called in administrators get called in there's a massive points deduction we could be kicked out of the champions league for this as well. So there's got another hefty fine. Um, I read early, the club's got 17 days in terms of, I think 28 million is what the, is in the reserve bank at the moment. I think the wages comes up to about 30 million. So your know, worst case scenario, a hundred years of history could just be wiped out just like that. It's just, that's just the severity of the matter that we're dealing with. But just in terms of the champions league, so I'll get back to my point. um, can you can you see that happening the worst case that we get kicked out of the champions league and you know we we we're, we're sort of just by default not in it anymore
1: definitely i think that's definitely something that i can see as an option for uefa or whoever's in charge to punish us mm. you said it on whatsapp yesterday between our, in our conversation they're almost trying to burn our club to the ground and like kicking us out of the champions league i feel like that would be the the yeah, the cherry on the cake for them just Kick, kick Chelsea out, and you don't know whether it would be at the end of the season, whether it would be after a nine-point deduction that we don't qualify for the Champions League, whether it would be after the game against Lille. You mm-hmm. just don't really know the timing of it. But I definitely feel like it's something. Knowing UEFA, knowing how the football works nowadays, it will happen. But then again, just I don't want to make those comparisons. But when you know um, financial fair play with Man City, PSG, all that, they always got it their way. You know, they yeah. they 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 got it. I think was summer. Summer 2020, when Man City openly broke the financial fair play rules, they won't give it any point options, kicked out of Europe. No, but because we're Chelsea, like Mourinho said, there's always been a campaign against us, and they're trying to burn us to the ground. So I think mm. if if things continue like the, the way they're going, we'll be kicked out. We will.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, Just thinking as well about, obviously, when I said before, we can't buy, we can't loan. I mean, I'm looking at this from a a, a positive, negative perspective. Obviously, the the negative being that we can't bring any players in, but we do have the luxury um, of a good academy. We've got, obviously, plenty of players out on loan that we've spoken about, the Conor Gallagher's, um, you know, those sort of players. that We've got Billy Gilmore as well. There are players there out on loan that we, we have to our disposal, I suppose, come, you know, worst case scenario, we can't buy anyone, even if the, you know, the sanctions are lifted and there's a new buyer takes over, there could still be a period where, you know, the club isn't still allowed to make any transfers or anything. So we have to utilize the club, the the players that we've got at the club. Um, You're looking at Romelu Lukaku now, that looks like actually a, a kind of half decent bit of business, because if we've got him there, we don't know how long this is going to go on for. Like I said, this could be another 12 months. We can't buy anyone. We've got someone there that at least is a player there, at least we're not just relying on, you know, Havertz to play a whole season, team over a whole season. Um so yeah, my, you know, the and obviously my point that I'm getting to um is Cesar Spiaqueta who is still allowed to talk to um to other clubs, but the I suppose we still have that uh, clause in his current contract that allows us to trigger a one year extension. I wasn't sure if he was aware of this, but he's got a, a one year extension that we can trigger. Um,
1: are, are we allowed to trigger it, though, given the situation of our contracts? We,
0: well, I, I, I suppose so.
1: Is, is does that class allowed? as a re- contract renewal? Or is it not,
0: not buying or selling. So, but uh,
1: I read that we're not allowed to renew any player contracts. Well, I don't know. That's don't why Rudiger will be off, Christensen will be off, and Aspilaqueta will be off. And we can't do anything about that.
0: Mm, well, we'll have to see, but I think mm-hmm. if we, if we can retain a spear I'll be happy. I'll be happy. Um, yeah. you
1: know, if there's a, lo- he- a loophole, then a bit like how we got Kovacic, we, we signed Kovacic where we were given a transfer ban because he was yeah, on loan exactly. of us. If there's some kind of loophole in those contracts with those players. Then I would yeah. be a blessing in disguise for sure.
0: No, yeah. yeah. Well, I know, I know. Obviously, Christianson it's like his, he got his deal done just in time. But I think you know, if in terms of Aspia Quetov, we can keep him. You know, that would be a definite, definitely a, a bonus. But um, yeah, just just in terms before we kind of move on from this because, you know, we don't want this episode to be all doom and gloom. But you know, um, yeah, just thinking, you know, obviously we. we I'm going to say it again. I know there's loads of people, you know, losing their lives in Ukraine and everywhere, but this is this, this is bigger than just Chelsea now. This isn't just about Chelsea football club. This is about the actual Premier League, other English clubs as well. If, if I was another a, another English club or a, um or a fan of another club an example when Bolton nearly folded you know, there was a, it was it was a sad thing to hear, and um, I think it was Macclesfield. There was another sort of lower league team that that nearly folded or did fold. And you know, these team, the, you know, the, these these guys that are at the club that work as staff, groundsmen and you know, just the average Joe. Like, these are the ones that are being impacted more than anything. Not the three hundred pound striker or the two hundred thousand pound midfielder. They're okay. They've got money. They've 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 got a nice cushy bit of money to sit on. But it's the ones that are down at the very bottom that are impacted more than anything. So for me personally, the the, the best scenario for me would be that we can actually get fans back into the ground, non-season ticket holders, members, etc. We can get some revenue because the club won't sustain till May. It just won't last. It just It's impossible to last till May. It's impossible. It it It's not practical to, to last that long. Um, you know, all these buyers are still interested, but it's down to the government now. And we, we, we know what the government's like, we know what they, they they will do eventually. So yeah, it's it's hard to even talk about it. It's hard to talk about it without, without getting, because I'm a passionate person. So if I talk about it, I, I will, I will go on a, a, a tangent and just carry on and not stop. But um Let's let's move on. Let's move on before I, I get myself in trouble. I seem to be trying to do that every week on here. But um, let's talk about football. <laughs> let's actually talk about football. Um, Norwich, good good result for us. Let's, let's talk about the goals, the team, the players. Let's give them some light, some some limelight. Um, good performance. What do you think, Theo?
1: Yeah, we had a game after all yesterday. We forget about yeah. <laughs> it. Um, it's a it's a bit like that Brighton game last season. Post-Super League protests, they had that same feeling about it. Um, but it was a good performance. Two goals early on in the opening 20 minutes. Uh, a lot better in the, f- in the first half. We could have easily had three or four, I felt. Almost a bit like some complacent kind of finishing in a the, in the penalty box. Havertz could have scored. Um, but we, you know, you're happy when you go 2-0 at halftime. I thought Norwich were probably the better team in the second half, if I'm honest. They yeah. had the most chances. A bit of a silly penalty to give away, it kind of so Chiloba's inexperience at times. He definitely will see, will be seeing a Rudiger Thiago Silva stick his arm out like that. I feel, but like we said, he, he's young. We we need to cut him some slack, and um, he does grow into the games, and he does do brilliant things like the goal he scored as well, and some some big blocks and interceptions. But um, but no, I think we both predicted three 0 so we weren't too far off. And sometimes you get unlucky of these type of penalty decisions. But um, but no, I'm pleased with the performance. If things do if there is a bit of hope for the Chelsea Football Club and we get a new owner, these are the type of games that you want to be winning to make sure we get top four. And we need to focus on the football, like you said, which is what we we, we watch Chelsea for, why we, why we love Chelsea, because we love the sport, we love the club, we love the players, we love the manager. So yeah, big three points and we march on for top four.
0: Yeah, I was, imp- I was impressed. I was impressed with, again, you know, we, we talk about Havertz and how he plays, but what I noticed yesterday, especially more so in the first half, it was all the players around him as well. Right. You know, that just that link up play was there for Kante was superb. You know, I think I've, I've sort of bashed him slightly. um on some of the YouTube videos I've done over the last couple of weeks. But, you know, I felt like that was the Kante that we need, you know, the one that drives forward and, um, you know, made some brilliant key passes as well. And I thought Kovacic played, again, played really well. I think he had a good chance in the first half. It just slightly went over the bar, I think. But, um, made some out. I mean, what a goal. Again, another person that we've said needs to sort of find... I mean, we, we spoke about the... uh the Luton game, we didn't even know he was playing, you know. So he came into that game, uh, last night and for me he was, was superb. You know, he took his goal really well, you know, kissing the badge, you know, letting the fans, the media, the world know that, you know, whatever happens, Chelsea through and through, which is, you know, what you kind of need in a time like this. But, um, I, you know, I was impressed with Sal Niguez, You know, I know again, he doesn't necessarily like to play that role at left wing back, but I thought he'd done really well. Um, you know, it was a shame for Pulisic, I think he was, he, he caught illness or he was ill, so he wasn't able to play, but um, you, you know, I think Sao Niguez, again, you know, he's, he's showing that he is adaptable, he can play in other roles as well, um, although he did it for Atletico, but I mean, in terms of Chelsea, you know, he's, he's, he's someone that is slightly impressing me a bit more now, but, um, Yeah, the penalty was. I don't know. I don't know why. Why. Why would you do that? You know. Mm. I don't. I suppose it is a bit of an inexperience, but at the same time as well, I think you know you're a professional footballer. It's. It's. You know. You do kind of see why players put their hands behind their back because it probably is a bit tempting just to, you know, use your arms slightly just to try and. Stop it! And,
1: no, it, it, it maybe as a human reflex to do that, but like fantastic. I said, you wouldn't see a Silva or Rudiger
0: do that. I feel no, no, no. Of course not. You know, they're they're definitely um a bit more experienced in that way, and I think it will come. You know, I think that will come with time and 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 the, you know the more regular playing that he does with with uh, Thiago Silva and hopefully Rudiger, um, you know, next season. But if there is a next season for us, <laughs> but um, no, I'm I'm joking. Um. Which I I shouldn't joke because I said it's not a joke, Um, but yeah, I think you know um, he's definitely someone that has impressed me. Like you said, he comes into the game. Sometimes he doesn't always start the games the best, but you know I think the goal helped him. Um, The early goal, which I thought was it was strange to give him that that much sort of opportunity to score um, from a header from a set piece. But um, yeah, we march on. You know we've got a big game coming up against Newcastle. Um, What's your thoughts on that? And, And in terms of Team lineup. What what would you what would you go with?
1: I do feel we we probably didn't play our strongest eleven against um against Norwich. You're looking the team of started, Mark Alonso, who is our probably our number one left wing back, didn't feature. Pulisic, like you mentioned, was probably ill, so didn't feature. I'm expecting a very tough game against Norwich. Um, against Newcastle, they've really picked up some form since their acquisitions in the January transfer market. Very smart acquisitions in the likes of Dan Burn. Uh. Uh, Chris Wood, players that don't need time to adapt to the Premier League. Mm. And I saw that their new signing from, from Lyon scored yesterday against Southampton. Big away win against Southampton. So they're going to be full of confidence, have that momentum. Uh, I think the, mo- the most important thing for Sunday, results aside, is just how Stamford Bridge reacts to everything that's happened recently. The atmosphere, They need to get behind the players, the coach, which I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. It's... All everybody going to Stamford Bridge on Sunday will be Chelsea through and through, like you said, and I think the players as well. It's time for them now to prove that, regardless of what happens, regardless of these uncertain times, I I want to play for the badge. I want to play for the club, like what Mount demonstrated after scoring his goal with his celebration. It was kind of a, a passionate one that showed. You know, I've been here since I'm seven, eight years old. So I don't care what's happening backstage. I'm I'm Chelsea through and through, but I'm expecting a very tough game Sunday. Really, really tough game. Um, it's probably the worst time to be playing a team like Newcastle. You kind of hope you'd be able to play them twice, even though it's not possible. But before January, when he still had um, Steve Bruce. So I'm expecting a very tough game. Uh, I don't even want to make a prediction. I just feel like it's it's going to be a tough one. But if I had to make a prediction, I'd probably be, stay optimistic. It was It was still a decent performance against Norwich, and it was a good second half against Burnley. And if Havertz just continues to play the way he's doing, he he looks like he's got a goal in him, and at every game he plays. So um, I'll go two-one, Chelsea.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be really difficult. I agree with you. You know, I think Newcastle have picked up some form, especially under um, Eddie Howe. They're, they're they're 14th, so they're they're almost, I would say, I mean, they're ten points from the drop. So I'd I'd almost say, you know, another another two two wins maybe. We'll get them safety if not now. You know, I think they, they could probably say they, they're almost over that line of safety already. But um, I think it's going to be difficult. I think the fans will have to be the twelfth man in, in in the game on Sunday. I think you know after um, the week that we've had, not having the full capacity, you got to remember as well. Not you know, not everyone who attends games is season ticket holders, so there there isn't going to be as many fans in, in the grounds unless these restrictions do get lifted in the next. Uh, you know. Um, 24 hours or so. Oh, I think the Newcastle game's fine, actually, isn't it? The Newcastle game's fine. I think so. I
1: think, if, yeah. I, if I understand it properly, Newcastle's fine, Leela Way is fine, and Brentford, Brentford home is fine. So yeah.
0: anything after that, so yeah, True. ignore me. Um, so yeah, I think, obviously, in fact, there is just a... a, a, a Thomas was actually just giving some sort of interview now on Sky. Um, but yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a difficult game. Um, you know, we need to be just as 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 we were against Norwich focused on the game, I thought the players looked like whatever was going off on off field wasn't actually impacting them on the, on the field. And I think we just need to continue to do that. Um, obviously Arsenal, I think is still two games, um, got two games in hand uh, ahead of us as well. So, you know, we do have to be worried about the pack behind us in terms of, you know, Tottenham and Arsenal. Um, but I would expect us to beat Newcastle. I would expect us to beat Newcastle. Um, the, the sort of performances I'm watching of us, especially after the, the cup, cup final, you know, there's there's nothing there to tell me that we can we can clearly beat teams. Um, we just have to be tuned in and switched on. And 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 for me, that, you know, the start is going to be important. I think the first 10, 15 minutes is going to be important for us as well. You know, if we, we concede, um, you know, I think the atmosphere will drop in the ground. I think there'll be, you know that sort of tension around the team will, will be we will felt not just in the stands but on the pitch as well. So I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go one nil, Chelsea. I don't think it's going to be a big scoring game. I think we, I think it will be difficult. You know, Newcastle, like I said, playing really well under Eddie Howe. Um, but I do think we've got enough to to beat them, and I think we need to. I think we need to to shut up critics and media attention by playing the football that we know we can.
1: Yeah, and we just last thing I'll say on the game is we can't afford to play like we did in the first half of Burnley and beginning of maybe that second half of um, the Norwich game because Newcastle have better quality players and they will take their chances. So, um, like you said, if we can score early on, calm the nerves and even maybe get a couple early on. I know you said it might it might only be um, one nil, which I can actually see happening as well. But it's definitely going to be a tight game and a very cagey. I feel.
0: Yeah, no, definitely, definitely, but it's. Um... Yeah, it's sad times. It's sad times to be a Chelsea fan. It really is. Um, I honestly mm-hmm. didn't think this day would ever come. I knew we would sell the club, but I, the way that it's gone now, it just doesn't, like you said at the start of this, it doesn't feel real and it still doesn't. Um, but we'll have yeah. to see. We'll have to see.
1: Um, I th- I'm not going to say the lyrics, but there's a Stormzy song called "Vossy Bop. Listen to some <laughs> of those lyrics and there's some of them that really apply to how I feel right
0: now f the government and f Boris
1: there we go you said them
0: for me there we go <laughs> yeah no 100% no I agree um you know everyone was like I said at the start of this as well everyone was saying that this government isn't capable of handling COVID are we really trusting them to sell a three billion pound football club as well is is the answer I'm going to there's the question I'm going to ask everyone let me know your thoughts in the comments Theo Let's end it there before we uh, we drown our sorrows even more. Um, we need to be upbeat. We've got a game on Sunday. Yeah, I feel like one of us is about to cry, so we need to be upbeat. <laughs> <laughs> probably, it probably will be me, to be honest. Um, I did feel like that yesterday morning. I just switched my phone off for an hour and came back to like 50 messages yeah, okay. and loads of WhatsApp chats. So, um, yeah, I think... Yeah, we get, we get a result on Sunday. You know, we could be looking at this in a couple of weeks and, and, and almost almost like we do at the Super League now you know we talk about it at the time it was serious business it was you know pressurising as a football fan we might be doing this in a couple of weeks we never know but it's a very dark time at the moment very like you said uncertainty which way is it going to go we just don't know and and I think that's the problem
1: But we're Chelsea we're extremely resilient I know who the real Chelsea fans are and I just know that they'll stick with the club through and through and I think people like you and me we supported chelsea long before the abramovich era
0: and we will continue to do so 100%. league 1, league 2, conference it it really doesn't there. matter to me. I'll be yeah, there. Yeah. It doesn't matter, you know, and I think this is this is kind of in a way, I mean obviously the whole thing isn't good, but it it will weed out those sort of, you know, bandwagony sort of fans who are just there for the the glory days, um, this will weed out a lot of them. This will show the, the, the real resilience of some people, whether they actually want to support the club or they wanted to support something that is looking good from the outside. So we'll, we'll see that over the next couple of weeks. We're already seeing it. We're seeing people sort of, you know, dis- disattach themselves from, um, from the club already. So, you know, you have to remember you support the club, not the owner. You don't support a manager. You don't support a player. You support the club. And, and that's, that's the bottom line. That's going to be the title of this episode. You support the club. Simple. We don't support the owner. We don't support, you know, the next owner that comes in will back them just as much as we've done Roman. The next manager that comes in will back them just as much as we did Lampard and Jose and whoever else, Conte. You know, when a player's not doing well, yes, when they score, we'll cheer. We'll back them. That's what you do. When they're playing bad, you tell them that they're playing bad. That's just what you do as a football fan. But the, the ultimate thing is you support the club through and through. That's it hundred percent hundred percent
1: good way to end it
0: i feel i agree anyone who's listening on you uh, apple music or spotify you can watch this episode also on youtube as well and make sure you subscribe let us know your thoughts in the comments and vice versa if you're watching on youtube you can also listen to the audio podcast on spotify or apple music but theo as always thank you very much for joining me Episode 56 of From the Shed M podcast. Thank you very much for watching or listening. We'll be back next week with another episode.